0: Good evening. This is the Fire Commission regular meeting, June 28th, and the time is 501. This meeting is being held in person. Members of the public may attend the meeting to observe and provide public comment at the physical meeting location or by calling 1-415-655-0001 and using meeting ID number 2594 140 Five, five, two, four. The webinar password is 1234. Please ensure you are in a quiet location. Speak clearly and turn off background sounds. Wait for the item you would like to address to be called. When prompted, press star 3 to, be, to add it to the queue. The system will notify you when you are in line. Callers will hear silence when waiting for your turn to speak. Operator will unmute you. When prompted, callers will have the standard three minutes to provide comments. You may also watch live at www.sfgovtv.org. Item one: roll call. President Stephen Nakajo.
1: I'm here, Madam President. is Excuse me, Madam Secretary. Is the TV knowledgeable and renowned?
0: Yeah, I see them on my um, my the- WebEx. I haven't gotten any
2: word from them.
0: I'm, uh, I'm here. Okay. Vice President Army Morgan. Present. Commissioner Catherine Feinstein. Present. Commissioner Marcy Frazier. Commissioner Paula Collins. Present. And Chief of Department, Janine Nicholson.
1: Present. Madam Secretary, one more time, should we contact?
0: Yes, I'll contact them now. Oh. Does that work? Okay. There's still not It's Maureen from room 400 fire commission, and um, it's not coming up on the television screens here
3: or, screens.
0: or on the computer screens on the commission. <laughs> Okay, well all we have on our computers and on the TV screens is the seal. Pardon me? Controls? Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. President Nakaja will now read the land acknowledgement. Thank
1: you very much, Madam Secretary. The, Fire Commission and the of seated ancestry homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceased, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all people who reside in their territorial, in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the the ancestry, elders, and relatives of the Ramatusha Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Madam Secretary.
0: Thank you. Item two, general public comment. Members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes on any matter within the commission's jurisdiction that does not appear on the agenda. Speakers shall address their remarks to the commission as a whole and not to individual commissioners or department personnel. Commissioners are not to enter into debate or discussion with the speaker. The lack of a response by the commissioners or department personnel does not necessarily constitute agreement with or support of statements made during public comment.
1: Madam Secretary, is any member of the public uh, on are virtual as well as present that wants to give public comment at this time. There is
0: nobody approaching the podium and nobody on our public comment line.
1: All right, thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Public (laughs) comment is closed.
0: Item three, approval of the minutes. Discussion and possible action to approve the regular meeting minutes of June 14th, 2023.
1: Secretary, is there any member of uh, the public on this? And uh, if not, there's
0: nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line.
1: All right, public comment is closed. Commissioners, we're going to need an approval of the minutes, please.
4: I would so move, Mr. President.
1: Thank you very much, Commissioner Feinstein. Thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier.
0: President Nakajo, how do you vote?
1: I vote aye. Vice
0: President Morgan, how do you vote? I vote aye. And Commissioner Collins, how do you vote? The motion is unanimous. Item four, Chief of Department's report. Report from Chief of Department Janine Nicholson on current issues, activities, and events within the department since the Fire Commission meeting on June 14, 2023, including budget, academy, special events, communications, and outreach to other government agencies and the public, and report from operations, Deputy Chief Robert Postel, on overall field operations, including greater alarm fires, Bureau of Fire Prevention and Investigation, training within the department,
1: and airport division. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Good evening, Chief Nicholson.
3: Good evening, thank you, President Nakazio, Vice President Morgan. Commissioner Feinstein, Commissioner Frazier, Commissioner Collins, Sister Maureen, command staff, and all of our nerds that are here today, hello. And I'd also like to say hello to uh, the president of Local 798 who is here. Um, We uh, currently have a fire in progress over on Haight Street. Um, Haight and Steiner, anyways. let me get back to the business at hand. Uh, Janine Nicholson, Chief of Department, this is my report since our previous commission meeting on June 14th. Um, We continued uh, the Juneteenth celebration and Pride event celebrations throughout the month. Um, But um, really importantly, and Mark Corso is here to answer any questions you may have, is we got through our budget hearings Uh, We presented on June 16th. We worked with the BLA budget legislative analyst throughout uh, the next week and came to an agreement by um, June 23rd Uh, they wanted 1.3 million dollars in cuts from us and um, We were able to uh, only uh, cut 484 thousand um, I think we did um, really well this year considering all the challenges um, in the city. You know, the mayor really saw the importance of um, public safety and of the fire department, um, as did uh, the budget committee. And um, so I'm really proud of um, our team and uh, pleased. Of course, we would um, love more money, um, but we understand the reality right now. Um, Labor management, Uh, we continue um, a collaborative relationship with them. As I said, um, President Floyd Rollins is here. Um, We continue our um, transition with uh, CD2 and 3, Chief Bob Postel and Chief Darius Lutrip and Chief Tom O'Connor and Chief Shane Kailoa. A little bit more on that in a moment. So AVs, autonomous vehicles, have been in the news of late, Um, and uh, that's a good thing um, because somebody is finally listening to us. Um, So I have done uh, interviews with um, the LA Times, KGO, NBC, Bay Area, CNN, CBS LA, uh, Market Watch, Washington Post, and KTVU. Um, and uh, whomever else might uh, might ask in the next couple of days What did happen is that the California PUC has delayed the vote on? Um, the autonomous vehicle expansion it was supposed to be tom- today tomorrow um, and uh, it's uh, Now delayed until the 13th. So in the meantime um, Been working to try to get a um, You know the engineering and policy uh, folks from these autonomous vehicle companies to work with our operations uh, teams Uh, it's super important we've seen so many issues with them and so many challenges and so I hope that this um, pause button that was hit by the California PUC is um, not just for show but that um, you know we are hope we uh, may make some progress with um, Uh, these autonomous vehicle companies, but we'll see. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Um, (coughs) Our 132nd Academy began on Monday. Um, I went and addressed them with um, Chiefs uh, Lutrup, Kailoa and Tong, class of 58. So I think they're all still there on the third day, knock on wood. Um, so, <clears throat> um, what else, uh, we had a DEI recruitment meeting, um, this week with, um, chief Buford and some other folks on, uh, uh, recruitment strategies. And then yesterday, um, uh, HRC, human rights commission convened a department head meeting on their racial equity priorities. And I attended with chief Buford and chief, uh, Julie Mao. And they had us as one of the three departments to present to everyone, um, sort of what our efforts have been, and, and um, you know how successful they've been, and as a model for others. So um, we were really pleased to do that. Yesterday, the Board of Supervisors honored our members for um, their response to uh, shooting, on uh, in the mission several weeks back, where nine people were shot. Um, and uh, at 24th and treat 24th and Folsom in that neighborhood and um, Just how well uh, our members did uh, they also um, They also uh, honored uh, the police department um, uh, Those that responded so we had m- quite a few of our members there not all of them But quite a few of them there um, to hear that from supervisor Ronan and you know um, uh, They each got um, uh I CAN'T THINK OF THE WORD FOR IT, BUT THEY they EACH uh, RECEIVED um, A LITTLE uh, uh, CERTIFICATE AND uh, THEIR PHOTO TAKEN AFTERWARDS. SO IT'S NICE FOR OUR MEMBERS TO GET HONORED. AND um, YOU KNOW, OBVIOUSLY WE DON'T DO IT FOR THAT, BUT THEY DID AN EXTRAORDINARY JOB. Um, OUR um, PARAMEDICS AND EMTs ON THE AMBULANCE, AND OUR RESCUE CAPTAIN, AND OUR FOLKS ON uh, THE ENGINES AND um, THE TRUCK, AS WELL AS OUR BATTALION CHIEF, They did an extraordinary job and got all nine patients off the scene within 20 minutes of our arrival, and that is phenomenal, really phenomenal. Um, Nobody nobody died uh, as a result uh, of of that shooting, so just super proud of our members. (coughs) Um, We had a youth academy debrief today with Antoine Davis and John Smith, and um, just trying to sort of uh, work with them on, um, you know, our equity plan and recruitment and, uh, supporting their youth academy, uh, as well. Um, they're doing really wonderful work in the community and, um, I, I want to support them, um, uh, as much as we can. Um, and we have a good working relationship uh, with them. On Sunday, I went to the Alice B. Toklas breakfast with, uh, Mayor Breed, Uh, Nancy Pelosi um, speaker emerita Nancy Pelosi was there as well as um, uh, Other uh, political and local uh, people and um, was a really nice uh, Breakfast to just uh, socialize and see people and then um, we uh, all uh, many of us in um, and uh, including the command staff marched in the pride parade Uh, it was um, I had fun. It looked like some of you all had fun and um, it was uh, it went off really well and it was a, it was a win for the city, I would say um, the parade was. Um, so that's that's good news. <coughs> um, and then uh, did I get it all? <laughs> yes, so um, tonight is the last hurrah for Chief Postel. He was really hoping this fire was going to be something, but um, here he still sits. (laughs) It's been a dry season for fires of late. Um, It's the last hurrah for Chief Postel, and uh, while Chief O'Connor is not presenting tonight, it it is his last commission meeting as well. And I just want to um, thank them for all the work they have done over the years for this department. Uh, Both as um, firefighters as labor um, and as management. Um, I think you all have um, Helped to leave this department in a better place than uh, when you found it and I'm super proud to have to have worked with you and um, uh, And I'm really grateful uh, that you jumped on board the train Um, and uh, so Um, You will be missed, especially your senses of humor. Thank you very much. So Shane and Darius, step up. Um, And, uh, but, um, (laughs) yeah, so um, I just have appreciated you uh, both so much. And uh, congratulations. And I know you will have plenty to do out there. So that concludes
1: my report. Thank you very much, uh Chief of the Department for your report. Uh, at this time, uh, Madam Secretary, is any member of the public wishes to get public comment off of C D ones report?
0: There is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on our public comment line.
1: All right, public comment <coughs> is closed. Commissioners, is there any comments or questions to the Chief of the Department at this time? Chief, I have one. Uh, Basically in terms of uh, Director Corso is here, uh, I wanted to congratulate the department and yourself, hard work of Director Corso and everybody else in terms of the involvement of the budget approval. Um, You were narrating that uh, in our cooperation we cut 484,000, is that what it is? Or millions or what is that?
3: We cut 484,000 out of about Five hundred and eleven million.
1: Okay, and uh, just to share with the commissioners, where did we take that cut from, please?
3: Uh, Director Corso, could you uh, step up for us, please? He he can, you know, tell you this backwards and forwards, and I think in other languages
1: too. You're very much welcome, Director Corso.
5: Uh, good evening, uh, Mr. President, uh, Commissioners, Chief, uh, Mark Corso, Finance Planning. Yes, so as the Chief mentioned, we did, uh, we were able to come to an agreement with the budget analyst after some negotiation, uh, and we had settled upon a $484,000 reduction. Uh, the majority of that was for some attrition savings, uh, that's the vast majority of that, uh, as well as a little bit on the equipment side uh, on some sedan purchases. Uh, But overall that should not have any operational impact Um, as the chief had mentioned we're very fortunate to make it through at least to the board side without any budget reductions operationally Uh, we weren't granted any uh, major enhancements or new positions but we were able to keep uh, our emergency uh, frontline operations uh, intact status quo from the current year and through the budget process as well uh, we were as well I do not anticipate any of these reductions uh, impacting our operations.
1: Okay, thank you. and what was our total allocation that we're budgeting this year, please?
5: The total allocation was uh, five hundred and eleven million seven hundred and sixty eight thousand six hundred and ninety one dollars.
1: Okay, and that's part of a two year budget, and we have to deal with next year's budget on a different framework of numbers.
5: Correct. So that is our first year. this is a two it was a two year budget process, but it's a consistently rolling two- year budget process. I will uh, caveat this the budget discussion in general uh, which should wrap up early August but after that time essentially our efforts focus on the next year pretty much immediately we do recognize it will be an extremely challenging fiscal environment as we finish the next fiscal year but also in advance of next year's process.
1: All right thank you very much Director Corso and also for that date of uh, August in terms of uh, it being finally accepted and we can move on Commissioners, any questions, comments to the director at this time? Thank you very much, Chief Nicholson. Thank you very much, Director i so, um, Madam Secretary, in terms of uh, this presentation that we have.
0: Next up is Chief Postel.
6: Uh, good evening, President of the Vice President Morgan, Commissioners Feinstein, Frazier, Collins, Chief, Maureen everyone else Bob Postel deputy chief of operations until tomorrow <laughs> uh, this is my report for operations for the month of May we've had a pretty quiet couple of months here when it comes to fires but there were a couple significant incidents I'd like to talk about the first incident occurred on May 9th this was at 6 Locksley Avenue uh, this was about 1 o'clock in the morning this was a residential high-rise building the fire was on the second floor pretty heavy volume of fire a uh, couple people trapped due to the volume of the fire and the reports of trapped people in the building in addition to we had a couple of victims who had already jumped from the second floor uh, to escape the fire uh, they requested a second alarm right away which was a wise move not only was a high-rise but they had a lot of evacuation of victims that they had to handle so as it turned out the fire was contained to the uh, to the unit of origin uh, several people from the fire floor and the floors above were, were evacuated, um, and three people were transported. One person was transported for smoke inhalation. Two people were transported for trauma from jumping, but uh, everyone survived. Assistant Chief Bill storty was the incident commander at this fire. The second incident was another second alarm. This was on May 22nd at 3535 California in the Laurel Village Shopping Center. Uh, Commissioner Feinstein, I think you're familiar. <laughs> uh this fire presented uh with a lot of potential for growth so what you have is a large strip mall type uh structure and you have independent businesses with a large common attic between them and the fire started it was a a in between the exterior wall and an interior wall they they furred out a wall and their electrical sign got the fire going on the wall and ran up the walls and it was running into the attic space and if it, that fire gets in the attic and gets a hold in the attic you're going to lose that entire shopping center so quick thinking by battalion chief Frank Circos recognized the potential here and what what this could grow into and requested a second worm right away it was uh, the quick actions by the crews and the coordination between opening the wall and opening the attic and, and extinguishing that fire and keeping it contained that prevented this thing from being a much worse situation so again great aggressive work could have been something turned out to really be not much and it was it was the actions of our people that made the difference Ken Yee was the incident commander at this incident another significant incident that I want to talk about and is highlighted in your report is a uh, water rescue that occurred on May 29th and this was a candlestick point engine 17 and truck 17 were dispatched uh, to a report of people in the water who were in distress. Engine 17 station 17. They're not a surf rescue company. They're not surf rescue trained. They don't have surf rescue equipment. They don't have wetsuits. They have nothing for that type of response. That being said, when they got on scene, they were pointed to uh, where the victims were in the water. There was three victims plus one civilian good Samaritan who had gone out to assist. They were about 800 meters offshore. Lieutenant Ken Linney and Lieutenant Dustin Stewart were the two officers. Uh, They quickly made a plan, directed the people, the firefighters on shore, how to keep their eyes on the victims in the water and direct the swimmers. At the same time, Lieutenant Stewart and firefighter Brandon Bowers, who are both fire department rescue swimmers, but didn't have wetsuits and didn't have Peterson buoys or anything else, stripped down and they rushed into the water and they swam out about 800 meters to get these people when they got out. They found the two children, the one adult, and the Good Samaritan. Firefighter Bowers began to swim the two children to shore, while Lieutenant Stewart assisted the two adults, including the Good Samaritan, who was starting to have some difficulty out there. Uh, shortly thereafter, the SFPD Marine Unit showed up, and they were able to put the people onto their boat. And then we had the rescue boat from the Airport Fire Department arrived on scene, as well as the skiff from the fireboat. So, uh, again. I just want to talk the the quick actions, the selfless thinking, the ingenuity of our crews on this day resulted in the saving of four people's lives. There's no other way to describe this and it can't be understated and it represents what San Francisco firefighters do every single day. We get it done. We don't make excuses. We put our lives on the line in every situation that you can imagine to save those people in need and the willingness to sacrifice ourselves must never be understated or taken for granted. This is truly what lies at the core of the culture of the people in the San Francisco Fire Department. And I think this this event epitomizes that. So you've heard me in in reports in the past describe incidents and praise the work of our crews in the field. And I wanna take just this one last opportunity to do so one more time. The men and women of the SFFD, those people in the field who are on the front lines routinely do the impossible and make it seem ordinary to everybody else. It's the firefighters, the lieutenants, and the captains who make the difference and deliver these results every single day. I've always said, and my father and I have argued about this, that without firefighters, we'd have no chiefs. But without chiefs, we'd still have to have firefighters. And I think it behooves of every single chief to keep that in the front of their mind those people who are out there getting the work done, making things happen. That being said, it's the chiefs who keep things organized and keep people safe. And I wanna thank our chiefs, particularly the assistant chiefs who coordinate all these efforts. They keep our members safe in, in these extremely dangerous, volatile situations and they empower everyone under their command to take actions and make decisions that save lives and property. This fire we just had up on Hate Street, this was an old, Turn of the century, type five wood frame balloon construction building, and they got on the scene and they had fire that started on the ground floor in the rear and the back stairs and it was burned up through the walls and it was getting into the attic space. And Chief Luttrell and I, we were looking at the at the CAD report and thinking, oh, here we go, here we go. Well, nope, they got on the roof, they got on the top floor, they got on the second floor and the ground floor and they had hose lines where they belonged, and they stopped and they turned what could have been a third or a fourth alarm into a nothing event. So it's what we do every day. Back to the ACs, the ACs, in my opinion, have effectively worked together as a team, and I mean the six of them as a team, for the first time in a very long time in the history of this fire department. They were all working together, providing consistent, predictable leadership, and they've helped move the department forward in a very positive way. Working with the battalion chiefs, the assistant chiefs reinforced our superior system of firefighting, and they've ensured the lessons from those who came before us are not lost, and are passed on to those who are here today. I want to give a special thank you to Chief Storty, Geradovac, Baker, Thompson, Yee, and Rabbit, the six assistant chiefs. They're the ones who make it happen every single day in the field, and I thank them. And I also want to thank each and every member of the fire department for all they do every day to serve the people of this great city. So you all know my passion for suppression, and you know how I feel about this. But everybody else who works in this department plays just as significant a role. And I want to talk a little bit about that before I go. Sometimes I can talk for a while, but you're going to have to listen to me one last time. So at this point, rather than go over the statistics in my report and everything else that we've had, I want to talk a little bit more about the last 18 months that I've been deputy chief in each of the divisions and what I've observed and the successes of each one of these ADCs. I'm going to start with the Bureau of Fire Prevention investigation. Uh, Our Fire Marshal Ken Coughlin is another extremely dedicated, knowledgeable, hardworking leader. His vision for the Bureau of Fire Prevention has resulted in the fire department being a leader and example for other city departments when it comes to implementing housing initiatives, expediting permit approvals, always finding a way to do more with less. Every mayoral directive, every Board of Supervisors resolution, every hot topic that comes up in the city seems to always go through Bureau of Fire Prevention with more work required from them. Rarely do these things come with additional staffing. And in spite of that, they always find a way to make it happen and make us look good. And, and that's because of Ken and the leadership he provides, whether it's the MTA with their never ending street changes, the shared spaces for businesses, road closures, closed streets, accessory dwelling units, street festivals, high rises, marijuana facilities all these things are handled by the inspectors of fire prevention this is in addition to all the annual inspections and all the other ordinary work they have to do they they have a tremendous workload down there on top of that they have the bureau of fire investigation they're responsible for investigating all the suspicious fires fires with injuries fatalities greater alarms these members are our members but they're also peace officers we take this unit for granted but it wasn't that long ago where this unit was so understaffed that they were years backlogged in their in their investigation reports we were lucky to have one person a day to respond to these incidents so hopefully this has changed for the better and I just like to at this point note my grandfather Jack Dunleavy was a firefighter he was a police officer before he became a firefighter and he was one of the original members and helped build and develop the arson task force, spent a lot of his career there. He was asked personally by Chief Bill Murray to take on that role. So I kind of have a little special spot in my heart for the people in arson. So anyhow, um, the report you have lists all the various tasks, everything handled by Bureau of Fire Prevention. It gives you statistics, but it really doesn't illustrate the breadth of the work that's being accomplished there. And Ken, I want to thank you for your professionalism, your endless knowledge of the codes of what goes on down there. And I gotta say, I never asked you a question you didn't have an answer to. You know that stuff inside and out, and you truly are a professional down there. So, thank you. On to the airport, the land of the suck elevators. (laughs) The airport is a city unto itself. Uh, Assistant Deputy Chief Darcy, he's essentially the fire chief for that city fire department down there. His responsibilities include budgeting, facility design and maintenance, apparatus maintenance and procurement, training with the FAA, training for EMS, EMS response, inner workings with Director Sotero and other high-level airport officials, other city officials, uh, FAA officials. Not only that, he's responsible for training with and coordinating the response to all the emergencies that happen at SFO. But not only does he have to train with the San Francisco units, he has to train with San Mateo Multiple San Mateo Fire Departments as well and AMR who provides medical response down there So he's got a lot going on as the chief of the airport I think it, at one time and maybe it's still the case that the our fire department at the airport Is the biggest fire department in San Mateo County. It was at one time and I think it still is um, Chief Darcy's done what a lot of people thought would be impossible prior to him taking over to SFO morale was a problem down there Recruitment was a problem. The workforce just seemed to be in a perpetual state of unhappiness and discord and sort of, uh, they were sort of adrift, um, assistant deputy chief Darcy, along with his battalion chiefs, they turned the tide down there. He's now overseeing a division of motivated, engaged firefighters. His officers are providing leadership and his firefighters are better trained and they're happier than ever. This is a result of his leadership. People are volunteering for assignment there and the support he gets from his BC's has played a huge role in this turnaround. Assistant deputy chief Darcy values his employees, but he also holds each of them accountable. His predictability parallels what the assistant chiefs are doing up here in the city and the results have been similar. This didn't happen when Pat was there, but I I want to touch on it for a minute. When the asiana plague crash happened, i watched with absolute pride the way we attacked that incident. Never before had a plane crash, seen firefighters go out and ladder the plane and lead hose lines into the plane and and attack that fire and make rescues. That wasn't taught. And in the aftermath, we were second guessed and we were criticized by people around the country. Well, guess what? Our way is the standard today. And just like the way we fight building fires, that's the way we do things down there. And again, it goes back to who we are and our core values and what it means to be a San Francisco firefighter. Those people at the airport made me proud that day. Pat, you and the people at the airport today make me proud. Thank you for everything you do down there. Division of Training. The Division of Training is where all of these complex pieces of the puzzle get put together and we fine tune it to make sure everyone's prepared, everyone's operating on the same manner, we're all playing from the same sheet of music and we're all as safe as we can be. Whether it's suppression or EMS, whether it's recruit training or in-service training, Training is the backbone of everything that we do in this organization. Now, when I took over CD2, one of my primary goals was I wanted to bring the division of training back under operations. I thought that was where it belonged. I thought, and I, And I know to this day that training is a direct extension of operations. It's where all the tactical skills of the organization get practiced, perfected, and implemented. I think it's fair to say that Maybe Shane had a couple reservations about coming to work for me when he first found out he was moving to uh, operations, but I'll tell you, it's been a very, very good relationship. And as you know, I'm not shy about telling people how I think operations should be going, and, and I'm not, uh, I don't waver in my beliefs. I understand our system, and our system is prescribed in our rule book, it's prescribed in our manuals. And I think it's important that that system that we have is embraced and and reinforced through training and Shane has done that. It took 32 years of learning, applying, and understanding our system for me to be able to get to where I am with it. And I wanna pass on that knowledge to everyone through the division of training and Shane has helped me get that done. He understood what was needed and he was great about changing some of the focus and the scope of our training to reflect more accurately San Francisco's way of operating. Not only did he accomplish this, but he brought some new energy and a new understanding of technology to deliver training to the young kids who don't seem to like to do it the way we used to do it. But he found a way to get through to them with videos and, and things like that, and it's uh, been very successful. So the month of May, we saw the conclusion of the 131st Academy. They graduated, they're all in their field, and they're on their way to wonderful careers. I want to thank, thank Chief Kyle Kailoa for his diligent work, his commitment to the SFFD system. It's through him that I've been able to reinforce the way we fight fires and respond to incidents in the city. Shane's an innovative thinker with seemingly endless energy. I'm confident he'll be very successful in his new role as CD3. So thank you again, Shane. There's one more person that I want to put on here that is not a member of the command staff, but I'd be derelict if I didn't mention him, and that's our Bureau of Communications, Battalion Chief Matt Ken. He's not a command staff level position, but in my opinion, He probably should be, the amount of work he does up there. He's been a stalwart for me in every aspect of our jobs. Not only has he managed the day-to-day needs of our communications, he's tirelessly worked with DEM on evaluating and selecting a new computer-aided dispatch system. That's going to serve us for a decade to come. He's taken ownership of a radio system that was given to us that is substandard and didn't meet our needs, and he's worked with Motorola, and he's worked with engineers, and he's found workarounds, and he's made this system usable and he's made it better and he's done such a good job that the things that he's done for us are now being used for other departments around the country and people are coming to Matt to find out how he fixed our system Uh, he's just constantly working to make things better he solicits input from people in the field he finds what the weaknesses are and he finds improvements that really have led to a more reliable easier to use radio system and this these changes he made will save lives And on top of all of that, he's always there when, when things go sideways, when the storms hit on new years, when the storms were hitting in March, when the, when the, they had the system, the two day power outage system failure, Matt drops everything. He'll be up there for 18, 20 hours on end. He understands what needs to be done. He selflessly responds up there and takes care of business. And when he goes to work, he doesn't bring an ego. He brings a work ethic and a dedication, and he's an example to everyone. And I just, I want to thank Matt. He's not here tonight, but I want to thank him for everything he did, because he is truly one of the unsung heroes in this administration. Um, Finally, Chief, I want to thank you for having some faith in me and giving me this opportunity. It's been an honor and a pleasure to serve the fire department in this capacity. I wouldn't change a minute of it. Darius, you are well prepared. You're ready for this challenge. I'm a phone call away, pal. If you need something, you know where to find me. And finally, on behalf of the Postel family, the Dunleavy family, I want to thank the city of San Francisco the San Francisco Fire Department for everything that you have given to us. We are eternally indebted to this fire department and this city. I'm honored, and I'm proud, and I'm thankful. And that concludes my final report.
1: Thank you very much, Chief Postel. Good job, Chief. Beautiful.
6: Thank you, President.
1: At this point, Commissioners, or let me do the public first. Is there any public comment on CD2's report?
0: I don't see anybody anybody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on our public comment line.
1: Thank you, Madam Secretary. Public (coughs) comment is closed at this point. Commissioners, Commissioner Fraser, did you have your hand up in terms of a comment?
2: I'll I'll be fast. (laughs) No
1: need to be fast, Vice President Morgan.
2: Thanks for your excellent report, uh, Chief Postel, and uh, and uh, we're surely gonna miss your expertise and, uh, and your knowledge and uh, leadership around here, and we're gonna miss your sense of humor, too. <laughs> so, um, uh, yours and, and, and Chief O'Connor's. Um, that was a great report. Um, it was very... Uh, inspiring to hear about the rescues especially a candlestick yeah you know with the guys and too bad they never found out who the good samaritan was he, he tried and until he felt uh, how cold that bay water was and thank thank god he was okay too and they saved him too but, that could have been bad yeah it seemed like well, were they being carried out by a, like an undercurrent they, or something they
6: fell out of a kayak and i think that uh. i think the current was Drift them away from the wasn't helping them. Yeah, but they did have uh, life jackets on. PFTs. Oh, okay. Uh, the kids did, but they, you know, that water's cold, and you get hypothermia pretty quick. And
2: right, I would imagine.
6: Uh, that could have been a, a, a bad situation. So right, they, right. They were truly heroes that day.
2: Yeah, they d- definitely deserve um, some uh, medals for that. Uh, I had one little question. Uh, I was reading in here uh, about that same situation. Uh, they said that they, they launched the kayaks from the shore and were wearing pfds what's that what?
6: personal flotation device okay all right
2: okay i was just curious with how, that was, i was trying to figure that out yeah that was an amazing rescue especially at 800 meters out jesus
6: yeah they, they went quite a ways
2: yeah that's a lot of swimming <laughs> i don't know how to make it. Yeah. yeah Jeez. yeah that's a that's amazing so yeah, that that explains why all the great training you guys go through and it's really worth it. And you guys are constantly training, doing these different training situations, offering trainings to the members, which is great, you know. And and, and right here, you know, in situations like this it really pays off, you know, so uh yeah i just want to uh thank you for your great report and uh and the other fires uh 35 35 california that that was good for them to contain that building great work and i'm sure uh, your leadership was a part of that and uh, i really appreciate you you know admiring your colleagues and your subordinates like that it's a very selfless act and that's just a testament what kind of person you are and the
6: ones who do the work
2: yeah and uh it was nice uh, working with you, sir. They ha- with enjoy you. your retirement. Thank you. Right. And I'm sure you're going to miss our meetings, but uh, you can watch I'm, well, I'm
6: going to log on every <laughs> other Tuesday from home and watch them.
2: All right, Gov. <laughs> right. You can check us out.
6: Wednesday. I'll log on on Tuesday and miss them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Chief Postel. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Feinstein.
4: your fine reports and uh, excellent writing style uh, and a definite sense of humor, which uh, I think we've all experienced coming to these meetings, and they're greatly uh, appreciated. Yeah, there's, I, I stop and think, and as uh, a native San Franciscan, what what you're saying about the San Francisco Fire Department. And I think those of us, it's, it, you, you don't have to have lived here your whole life, but uh, you know, those of us who really know and cherish the department know how excellent it is. We know how important the role that you've served, all the roles that you've served in are. Um, and I, I, I just, I won't, I won't ever forget, But um, when, when Vice President Morgan and I, which we shared the experience <laughs> out on the island together, uh, of going to the live burn, uh, and there, there you were, and uh, uh, it, it, there is an op- two things, two observations that I think really speak about you uh, as a person, and and. Of course, as a firefighter, which you will always be. You can yes, I will. <laughs> go all the way up, you know, and you're just gonna you're gonna be a firefighter. Um, but uh, the opportunity was presented to climb the aerial ladder. All right. That aerial ladder is is very I believe two hundred feet of my hundred feet.
6: I'm sorry? One hundred. <laughs>
4: And you were asked to go up the aerial and you said no, you didn't you weren't gonna do it. You know, I why you know I think it was a lame excuse, frankly. But you know, <laughs> you're the there and so we what choice did we have but to buy it? And one of your colleagues, uh, from, I believe, was who was in your academy class, who yep. works out at, at Treasure Island, comes up to me and he says, just dare He said, you can't refuse a dare. And said, and if you have to, double dare him. And so I said, okay, this is going to be exciting. And I went up and I said, gee, I dare you to climb that ladder. And off came your jacket, and scrambling up the ladder, you went to the top. And it was—it was a very impressive thing. And
6: so, I was on the heels of Commissioner Morgan. <laughs> <was> it, <laughs> uh, it, I'm
4: not talking about Commissioner Morgan right <laughs> now. We're focused
7: on you. He was impressive too, but um, we're
4: focused on you. This is how your your. Yeah, uh, and closing, your, your show is closing here uh, with a whole new show to open next week. Uh, but you, went, you, 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 you did not refuse the dare. But what I really remember about that day was you, you told us that it was 100 years prior to that day that the first, I will say, Postel member came into the San Francisco Fire Department. And it was really quite a poignant moment when you think about the years of service your family has given um, to us, to the citizens, to other members of the department. And um, it's just something I'm really going to always remember. I'm going to miss being able to call you, to ask you questions. You know, it's like, what is wrong with all these elevators? Uh, what's, you know, going on with different things? Um, you're just, I need you to know that Yeah, I, I, I personally hold you in the highest regard. You have been, you've served us so well and um, been, you know, a very strong, commanding leader with a real heart of compassion. And um, your your being here and being a leader um, is is really your absence, I guess I should say is is going to be noted by all. Um, I look forward to receiving um, your uh, further contact information. Don't try to uh, avoid that because I will track you down. <laughs> uh, but you you you. Um, you leave the department better than you found it, and that's all any of us can ever hope to achieve in life. So, yeah, you know, I wish you all the best in your retirement. I, I hope you find some new hobbies and <laughs> use your time to spend with your family. And, um, you know, they say 30 in, 30 out. I've learned that for you I think it's 32 am I correct correct good 32 in and 32 out so enjoy the last 32 as much as you have enjoyed the, the first 32 and thank you for your service on behalf of all of us for always being there it's much appreciated and congratulations.
6: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much Commissioner Feinstein Commissioner Frazier.
7: Thank you teaching your example by way of actual teaching and by way of who you are and who you've been to the San Francisco Fire Department. I'm only grasping, you know, beginning to grasp yeah, the impact that you had and have had and will have. Um, I, uh, for example, the airline the crash, I get something new from you that our Our fire department's response is now the standard around the country for that type of an incident. And that uh, you must be so proud. I I feel so proud, and deservedly so. But the messages in your remarks, the small and thoughtful messages, as well as the greater and inspirational messages, really touched me. And I'll take those with me. And, um, yeah, I think you've made me, not only have you made the fire department better, you have made me a better commissioner. I want to thank you for that.
6: Uh, Thank you. And thank you for all you've done as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries there.
1: Thank you very much, Commissioner Fraser, Commissioner Collins.
8: Well, Chief Postel, I'm glad our time overlapped. It seems you're leaving just as I'm um, arriving. I want to thank you for the tours of the firehouses. As someone who has spent her career building buildings, I was just appalled at much of what I saw and the conditions under which some of our firefighters are operating so valiantly. Um, And I know that, uh, thank you for showing me that. I promise you, I'm not forgetting it and I will continue to, under wise direction, advocate for better facilities, because it's it's insufficient. It's, it's just not representative of the valiant service of members of this department. And so that was the right thing to show me. <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> the right thing to show me. Um, and Taco Tuesday will remain forever etched in my brain. That <laughs> and my fire department hat so far are just emblematic of as good as it gets. Um, so I want to thank you. As you leave, you know you may no longer be an official employee of the department. But I know, I can tell, that you will always be an advocate, because I think it's in your blood. So. Been in my
6: blood since the day I was born.
8: That's what I I get that sense. So thank you so much. Uh, As Commissioner Frazier said, I, too, have learned a lot from you and uh, promise that I will continue to advocate for many things, but especially better conditions for our our members.
6: Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Collins. Um, Before I say my remarks uh, out of respect, While Chief O'Connor is present, Chief Nicholson, I would like to ask Chief O'Connor to come up after Chief Postel's report is concluded. Uh, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, both personally and professionally. Uh, You've made me a better commissioner in terms of um, the oversight and taking care of what we call business. Uh, It's a thrill for me to serve with you and it's really important um, as you conclude your career uh, that I'm able to salute you chief. And thank you for all of, of your services. Um, with that, um, I'd like to get CD three up here officially chief Nicholson and I do have um, a comment in terms of your report that I wanted to cover that I haven't covered before. At this point. Uh, thank you very much. Chief. I, I want
6: to make one quick comment. I admitted two people I, I spoke about my direct reports, but I had two great partners with Sandy and Tom. Sandy was my therapist at times. <laughs> Tom was always my friend. He was just a door away from me. We, The door between our office opened and closed probably 25 times a day. Uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful team that the four of us, Chief and the three of us, have had. And uh, I'm really, really proud of how we all work together and the support each of you gave me and hopefully I gave to you. So thank you.
1: Thank you uh, Chief Postel. Good evening Chief O'Connor.
9: Good evening Commissioners, Mr. President, Vice President, Commissioners Feinstein, Frazier, and Collins, Chief Nicholson, Secretary Marine. I'm Tom O'Connor the soon to be deposed Deputy of Administration and these are my final words. Um, If you know me well you know that I've been an employee advocate for decades now and I'm going to go in a slightly different direction than Chief Postel went, and I'm going to make one last ask for the employees of the San Francisco Fire Department. I spoke at length for a few fire commissions about our cancer screening for active and retired firefighters, and I spoke at length about all the good work the Firefighters Cancer Prevention Foundation has done, and I thought it was Power, probably one of the most powerful moments I had as a firefighter that I could extend this test to all my coworkers, and look out for their health and wellness and as time went on it sort of resonated with me that everything that was right with that day was wrong with that day and that we shouldn't rely on a charitable foundation for our health and wellness we shouldn't go hat in hand to the public and beg for funding to test ourselves to see if we're going to be okay And this spring, we negotiated the contract for the Municipal Executives Association. And I asked for $25,000 to screen the command staff on a yearly basis for cancer. And I got the usual lip service that we value your service and we appreciate your efforts, but we don't want to set precedent, which I thought was ironic because if anything San Francisco stands for, it's setting precedent. It's leading the nation in all sorts of movements. And in fact, the San Francisco Firefighter's Cancer Prevention Foundation has led the nation in scientific research and advocacy and legislation surrounding cancer in the fire service. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. We actually led the charge for the ultimate study, the quintessential proof that firefighting and cancer are linked. And during the negotiations, the mediator came back and scoffed that my $25,000 request was turned down because he said it was a matter of budgetary dust, that of $14 billion, $25,000 was budgetary dust. And in San Francisco, we have a policy of harm reduction for drug addicts to try to make sure that we preserve their life, which is a notable social policy. We have a vision zero for pedestrians and cyclists, which is a notable social policy. But we need harm reduction for firefighters. We need a vision zero for firefighters. And this is where it turns personal. I'm the next San Francisco firefighter to be diagnosed with cancer. Second cancer, I had one earlier this year, and I actually had the stitches in my back and armpit I was negotiating the contract and they were turning me down for budgetary dust and now two weeks ago I have another cancer. I will be fine, it's eminently treatable, probably be annoying as hell, I'll probably whine about it a lot, but I'll be fine. But what I want to ask of you is to advocate on behalf of the San Francisco firefighters to please pass a resolution requesting funding and yearly screening for firefighters and their health. Give us the same dignity and respect that we give to the public when it comes to our health. So that, Mr. President, will be my last words. I was watching the Dead Poet Society the other night, and they had that famous scene where Robin Williams quotes the Walt Whitman poem, O Mio Life, and he muses about the meaning of life, and it finishes with that the powerful play goes on so that you may contribute a verse. This has been my verse. And I would like you to continue it going forward. And please advocate for the firefighters and their health the way that they have stood up for everybody in this city for years and years. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Chief O'Connor. At this point, Commissioners, is there anything else uh, beyond us returning to the question I had with uh, CD1? Thank you very much for that, Chief O'Connor, um, and the message and the advocacy. Commissioners, colleagues, I'm going to return to uh, CD1's report before we move on to uh, item 5, overview and update on neighborhood emergency response team. thank you for your patience. Uh, IN YOUR REPORT, I FAILED TO NOTE THAT um, THIS DISCUSSION ON DRIVERLESS VEHICLES AND THE UPDATE ON THAT um, DECISION HAS BEEN MOVED. Uh, I ALSO WANTED TO RECOGNIZE uh, THE PRESIDENT OF 798 Floyd ROLLINS THIS YEAR AND THE LETTER THAT WAS WRITTEN ON THAT BEHALF. Uh, THERE'S BEEN SOME DISCUSSION IN TERMS OF uh, THE COMMISSION as to what we could do uh, that would have an immediate effect. And I know that that meeting might be rescheduled Then, what was it the latter part of July? 13. Okay, which is right around the corner. Uh, so if I can uh, suggest uh, colleagues that uh, perhaps from the commission, uh, we could write a letter um, forthwith to the California Public Utilities Commission uh, so that it can be in the hands of uh, the department and the chief Uh, standing in solidarity with our San Francisco Firefighters Union in terms of this issue uh, that we're all concerned about. So if that's the case and we don't need a motion on on a letter, a general consensus, uh, I think is appropriate. And I would ask uh, our commission secretary to work with the chief's office in terms of uh, comprising a very short, direct letter, uh, ASAP, if we can. And uh, that's what I would like to uh, suggest at this point. And again, this is a letter, uh, I don't believe, or check with the secretary about a motion or other. I'm just suggesting this as the prerogative of the president of the commission and would like to see what the flavor is of the commissioners. Okay, so with that, uh, Chief Nicholson, uh, I'm gonna ask uh, our secretary to work with your secretary, your staff to, Comprise the content of a letter, uh, they can send out. Is there anything else that uh, perhaps we should do, or do I need to correct? Or okay, all right. Thank you very much, Chief Nicholson. Um, at this point, we're going to conclude um, the reports from the chiefs. Thank you again, uh, Chief Postel, Chief O'Connor, and Madam Secretary. If you could read item five, can I?
3: Can I just interrupt? Very quickly, um, I believe there is some public comment
1: on uh, what I just talked about.
3: Uh, President okay. Rollins would like to All right. make some comments. All right, let
1: me recognize President 798, good evening.
10: Good evening, commissioners. Uh, good evening, chief, um, to everyone assembled. Um so in my public comments i'll have to wear two hats Um, the first one on a personal note um, the two gentlemen that just stood here and spoke are friends of mine and i've known about tom for a little while Um, but i'll start with bob you know (laughs) I HAD SOME THINGS IN MY MIND PREPARED TO SAY ABOUT YOU, BUT I WON'T SAY THOSE ABOUT YOU WITH THE MICROPHONE. Um, BUT I WILL SAY THAT AS A LEADER, YOU DID IT YOUR WAY. Um, YOU MADE THIS DEPARTMENT BETTER WITH YOUR LEADERSHIP AND THE WORK THAT YOU DID IN THAT OFFICE IN THE VERY SHORT TIME THAT YOU WERE IN THERE. AND um, IT WAS A PLEASURE WORKING WITH YOU. And You left it better than you found it, and it's appreciated. So thank you, my friend. Enjoy your retirement. We'll reach out to you, because I know you're not going anywhere. And the meetings are on Wednesday, not Tuesday, so. (laughs) And to Tom, my friend. (sighs) I sat in the office next to you for years. You showed leadership, you showed poise. Um, And the one thing I have to say about that is you, like many, know that my time in this position has not been a cakewalk. Um, But at every single turn, you've been a friend, you've been confidant, you've been an encourager, you've been there for me, and I appreciate you. So you enjoy your retirement, and uh, we'll be talking and so now i will stop with that portion i will put my hat on as the president of local 798 and i will say that the words that tom stood here and uttered ought to be played throughout the halls of city hall because we don't need to hear any more about how much people appreciate us and love us it's time to start showing it we hear those words constantly but the firefighters that we represent selflessly throughout the pandemic, and every day, wake up, come to work, they put the uniform on proudly, they put the uniform on with poise, and they walk out into the streets with the mission of serving this department, the badge and the oath that they swore to. And they do it with a sense of pride and poise that ought to be celebrated every single day. And I think there is no more simple request, but no more heartfelt and true request than exactly what Tom said, because many of those who say thank you have not watched the scene as it was before when our firefighters had to walk into our firehouses while they were being treated for cancer and comb the pages of the journals to have to write down, the 100 fires that they went to, to prove what had already been stated, to prove what the World Health Organization has stepped forward and stated, is that there is a causal link between cancer and firefighting. We are blessed to have the foundation that we have and to see the work that Tony Stefani selflessly stepped forward and said that he could not go to any more funerals of his brothers and sisters without stepping up and doing something about it. And so as Tom stated here and as should be done, we think that it is time for the lip service to stop and the action to start and to hear what he endured during the negotiation time and period. And it being called budgetary dust is an insult. So I, along with him, would ask on behalf of the members of Local 798, on behalf of the executive board of 798, and on behalf of every single firefighter that comes to work on a daily basis and proudly puts that uniform on, that commissioners please pass a resolution. Let's get this going because for too long we have fought this fight and we will continue to fight this fight. But the effects that this has had on our department as as it has across the country, are, are deep. We've all, everyone sitting in this room has been to many funerals of someone who has lost their life due to the scourge of cancer. And so please, I echo the words that Tom stated, and I hope that we can count on the commission to please forward a resolution, and let's get to work on making sure that our foundation is supported in a way that it should be and that our members are supported in the way that they should be in the work. They think they continue to do. I thank you all very much for your time.
1: Thank you very much President Rollins. All right, we've concluded uh, public comment on this item and uh, Madam Secretary I believe we're ready for item 5. Please call the item.
0: Item five, overview and update on the neighborhood emergency response team. Captain Brandon Tom to provide an update and overview of NERT.
1: Thank you very much. Commissioners we are very privileged to be be able to have our coordinator, NERT coordinator, Captain Brandon Tom here with uh, members of his advisory board as well. Um, And at this particular point to give us an update IN TERMS OF WHAT'S GOING ON WITH SOME REMARKS, HOPEFULLY, FROM SOME OF THE ADVISORY MEMBERS AS WELL. Um, AT YOUR PLEASURE, CAPTAIN TOM.
11: GOOD EVENING, PRESIDENT Nakajo, VICE PRESIDENT MORGAN, COMMISSIONER FEINSTEIN, COMMISSIONER FRASER, COMMISSIONER COLLINS, CHIEF NICHOLSON, SECRETARY MARINE, AND THE COMMAND STAFF. I AM BRANDON TOM. AND I AM THE NERTS PROGRAM COORDINATOR. THANK YOU FOR THE INVITATION TO SPEAK ABOUT THE NEIGHBORHOOD EMERGENCY RESPONSE TEAM, OR NERTS. I WANT TO PERSONALLY THANK uh, CHIEF NICHOLSON AND CHIEF ARTOSEROS BROWN uh, FOR THE OPPORTUNITY TO BE IN THIS POSITION. I HAVE THE PRIVILEGE of TO BE A MEMBER OF THE SAN FRANCISCO FIRE DEPARTMENT FOR THE PAST 25 YEARS. Uh, IT'S UNBELIEVABLE HOW FAST THAT TIME FLIES. Um, I am a native San Franciscan, and I've worked at all 44 firehouses in the city. Uh, I became a NERT instructor in 2002, and it has been very fulfilling to empower my fellow San Franciscans with the knowledge and training we provide. I was a student at uh, Lowell High School, uh, and had just left football practice when the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake hit. This event led to the genesis of the NERTS program. The Marina District was the hardest hit. It suffered major damage from fires and building collapse. Spontaneous volunteers helped to run fire hoses from the fireboat to the PWSS because many fire hydrants had no water. In 1990, citizens from the Marina District persuaded this fire department, under Chief Postel, uh, to start. Yes. Oh. <laughs> to start a pilot training program, the fire department began to expand the program to everyone who lives or works in the city. Since the first NERT class was 24 in 1990, we have trained close to 35,000 citizens. The goal of NERT training is to r- provide education on preparing for a disaster and the skills to help their neighborhood and the fire department in a disaster. Preparing for a disaster is essential to surviving a disaster. The NERT program was adapted from a community emergency response training program from LAFD. In 1993, the CERTs program became nationally recognized by FEMA. So our NERT program is the same as CERTs nationwide. We have kept the name NERTS not only because we were in the first programs, but because as San Franciscans, we identify by the neighborhoods we represent and ultimately the neighbors that we help. Neighbors helping neighbors is the building block for a strong city. The fire department has even implemented plans for NERTS trained volunteers into our disaster, into a disaster plan for the whole city, nation, uh, citywide. So NERT has two main models. Number one, do the most good for the most people. Number two, NERT don't get hurt. We practice this at our citywide drills that we have twice a year. Uh, We have one in April to commemorate the 1906 earthquake. And we have one in October uh, to commemorate the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. Now, I wanted to introduce the members of the NERT Advisory Board. The NERT Advisory Board is made up of volunteers who have gone through the NERT training. The Advisory Board provides oversight and guidance to the NERT program and its volunteers to ensure best practices, safety requirements, and organizational goals are met and upheld. They are Board President Gary Pagueros, Secretary Maxine. Fasulus, board members Lisa Dunmeyer, Chris Pedregal-Martin, Rebecca Liebersbach, Linda Ingram, Nathan Karkowski, and Steiger. I now invite NOPA neighborhood coordinator Nathan Karkowski to continue the presentation.
12: Thank you very much, Captain Tom. Good evening President Nakajo, thank you for inviting NERT to present this evening. Fire commissioners, seeing so many new smiles on the commission is really quite great. Chief Nicholson, always a pleasure seeing you. My name is Nathan Karkowski, and I've been a member of the NERT program for 14 years. Captain Tom mentioned the two legs of our program or our mission, and I get to dive a little deeper into those. The first leg is personal preparedness. So we're ready to help our neighbors. To make this leg a reality, we take 20-plus hours of FEMA-standardized all-hazard training. This training helps the citizen volunteers be prepared at home for earthquakes, tsunamis, fires, tornadoes. I, I think you get where I'm going with that. So we can better support the fire department. This basic training also details things like the incident command system and some of the basics like how to turn off gas or water if we do have leaks in an event of a disaster. The San Francisco Fire Department also offers NERT community volunteers advanced training so we can diversify the way we help our community such as stop-the-bleed classes, American Heart Association CPR and AED training, along with going back to our roots and teaching us how to assist the fire reserve in setting up the Auxiliary Water Supply Above-Ground Hydrant System. Leg two, whole community preparedness. With this, we provide outreach to bring the message of disaster preparedness to all the citizens we can reach in this great city. This summer, NERT volunteers will be attending several neighborhood fairs and all Sunday streets to get the word out and invite our neighbors to join this family. For the benefit of some of our newer commissioners, I'm gonna turn back the clock a few years, back to 2017. Labor Day weekend, the city experienced an extreme heat event that can harm the elderly and other vulnerable populations. On a Friday night, we received a text message from Chief Brown asking for volunteers to staff cooling centers for these vulnerable neighbors. And by Saturday morning, we had teams deployed to these cooling centers that the city had standed up or stood up. We've had several NorCal fire events in the last few years. And once again, NERT was called on to help. We deployed team members to shelters and to staff donation centers. Then in 2020, the world changed when COVID-19 reared its ugly head. And the city needed more people power. Who are you going to call? San Francisco Fire Department's Neighborhood Emergency Response Team. In the early stages, we helped the city hand out flyers at Warrior Games and transit hubs within the city. Then, as we all sheltered in place, we walked hundreds of blocks, literally taping information door by door to help our neighbors. As the impacts of COVID-19 grew, we then assisted at testing centers and staffing drive through food banks once again to help our neighbors in a time of need yay the vaccine arrived once again nert was called on to staff sites to free up the medical staff to then provide those vaccinations in arms another illustration of nert volunteers being that force multiplier Eight NERTs were even honored to help out in the city's EOC COVID Command Center at the Moscone Center. NERT logged tens of thousands of hours, I should say FEMA reimbursable hours, more specifically, supporting our neighbors. Thank you, volunteers. On the last slide, I mentioned how NERC's a force multiplier for the city. For the benefit of the... Let's do some math. Every day, there are 350 firefighters on duty responding to the needs of the city. Depending on who you talk to, San Francisco has a population of about 750,000 people. That creates a ratio of one firefighter to every 2,150 citizens, which on a regular daily basis meets our needs. In a disaster, this ratio does not work. And that's where NERT becomes a force multiplier. Growing the family of NERTs is a challenge we now face. Another challenge we face is a population in flux, NERTs who experienced the 89 earthquake are retiring from the program. Over the last few years, we can look around and see our city is changing. And NERT needs to find new ways and different ways to engage this different, and younger, and more diverse demographic. And changes like this do not happen in a vacuum, it takes human capital. Lastly, we look at the challenge of serving the whole community. We need to build our program out to support the diverse languages of our community. We have growing, vulnerable populations who need different support. And when we look at these new challenges, we as a community face, such as the public safety power shutoffs, the need for our volunteer services grow. For example, we are working with the Department of Public Health to figure out ways to support vulnerable populations who need electricity for life-saving medical equipment. Developing ways to serve these vulnerable communities takes time and human capital. I invite my fellow advisory board member Steiger to the podium.
13: Good evening. Thank you, um, President Nakajo, Vice President Morgan, commissioners, Feinstein, Frazier, Collins, Chief Nicholson, chiefs and command staff. My name is Steiger. I've been a NERT since shortly after moving to San Francisco in 2012. I was honored to be a member of the fire family working out of the NERT office as the county's disaster volunteer coordinator from the years of 2015 to 2021. And immediately after leaving the office, I was invited to join the advisory committee of the NERT, so I get to remain involved. Um, WE'VE HAD THESE CHALLENGES um, FOR THE DURATION OF THE NERT PROGRAM, AND OUR PROGRAM HAS JUST CONSTANTLY ATTRACTED WORLD-CLASS TALENT. Um, SOME OF THE PREVIOUS MEMBERS IN MY POSITION HAVE GONE ON TO LEADERSHIP POSITIONS ELSEWHERE IN THE CITY, IN THE DEPARTMENTS OF HUMAN RESOURCES AND EMERGENCY MANAGEMENT AND PUBLIC HEALTH. Um, WE KNOW THE QUALITY OF OUR STAFF IS INCREDIBLE THROUGHOUT ALL 30 years of the program. Um, we've had very dedicated program coordinators. Chief Erica Artisos Brown took this program to heights unseen before. We're really peerless across other CERT teams in the country. We've been recognized at state, federal, and international levels. Um, and um, we did some additional math. Um, thanks to Nathan, we calculated using both those FEMA reimbursable dollars um, and some other measures. um, We estimate that approximately every $1 spent on the NERT program is equivalent to $15 spent um, in our just resilience across the city. Um, So our enduring ask now and always has been for staff support. This is really for you, the fire department, As we are right now with our staff, which has frequently been a staff of one in the office for the duration of the program to when we've been lucky, um, including now, Um, we've been able to focus on training those 35,000 volunteers, each of those volunteers who receives that training is ideally one less victim in a disaster such as an earthquake. And in our best case scenario, they're those force multipliers who can really support the fire departments. We teach them to speak the language of suppression. They understand battalion control. They know how to slot into the response structure of the department when they're needed. What we really haven't been able to focus on with our current staffing level is anything beyond training. So once they graduate from our NERT program, the ones who are really into it come back and are so dedicated but we don't have the bandwidth to continue like with retention with training with retraining our perishable skills when we certify a inert that certification is good for two years and we ask them to come back to refresh those skills either at our drills or by taking the training again but without being able to focus on anything beyond that initial training we're really missing an opportunity to support the fire department and to make us more resilient than we are Do We have questions or
11: yeah thank you sager uh i'm here to answer may i answer any questions that you may have
1: thank you very much captain tom thank you very much for your presentation and all of your attendance and support uh at this point we'll ask for a public comment on this uh, item madam secretary
0: i don't see anybody approaching the podium AND THERE IS NOBODY IN OUR PUBLIC COMMENT LINE.
1: ALL RIGHT, PUBLIC COMMENT IS CLOSED. I'LL TAKE ANY QUESTIONS OR COMMENT FROM THE COMMISSIONERS. COMMISSIONER OR, EXCUSE ME, CHIEF NICHOLSON, WOULD YOU LIKE TO GIVE A FEW REMARKS?
3: YES, THANK YOU, PRESIDENT Nakajo. Um THANK YOU SO MUCH, BRANDON AND TEAM. Uh, I APPRECIATE YOU ALL SO MUCH. Um, AND uh, YEAH, NERT IS um, EXTREMELY uh, IMPORTANT AND um they do really good work. I was a NERT trainer as well for a few years and um and that's how I got to know uh uh some of the team um and uh yeah, we have struggled with um staffing and uh and uh, retention um and uh I, I do understand that that is that is an issue, and uh we can. WE CAN CERTAINLY uh, TAKE THIS OFFLINE AND and DISCUSS IT FURTHER uh, WITH YOU, CAPTAIN Brandon TOM, ALL RIGHT? ALL RIGHT, BROTHER. BUT I WANT TO SAY THANK YOU TO uh, OUR NERT FOLKS FOR ALL THAT YOU DO. Um, THIS IS VOLUNTARY AND, YOU KNOW, IT REALLY SHOWS YOUR CHARACTER AND HOW MUCH YOU CARE. AND uh, SO I REALLY, REALLY APPRECIATE THAT.
1: Thank you very much, Chief Nicholson. At this point, is there any commissioners? Commissioner Fraser, would you like to say something? I, yes,
7: thank you. Um, thank you so much for your presentation. Um, that was wonderful to hear. Really, congratulations on this whole program. nerds, one and all. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do
11: Where does the budget for this go? I it has been earmarked from the fire department budget. Uh, it's very, very small percentage less than 0.1 percent.
7: I can understand. No, I just was curious when you said you were looking for more budget, that that's something that you take up with the fire department. I thought maybe it was elsewhere, but that, that helps me understand, so that's good. No, I, I agree. I've been to several NERD events, and there was a fledgling NERD in my neighborhood. I'm not sure where it went, but I'm going to find out. And, um, <laughs> but I really appreciate your presentation and all the work that you do. It's, it's an important piece of the whole thing of keeping our city safe.
1: Thank you, thank you Commissioner Frazier, vice president Morgan.
2: Report and uh, thank you for coming tonight. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for the selfless work that you guys do. Can you guys hear me? My yeah. mic? Yeah, I got a loud voice. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, the budget didn't affect you guys and you guys did okay, uh, thanks to Mr. Corso, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you guys have survived. How many active members do you guys have?
11: Uh, so I would say about 10,000.
2: Wow, 10,000? Yeah, 10, yeah. Well, that's uh, pretty. but that's,
11: that's a small number. Uh, I, our goal or the goal that I have is that we get up to 40,000 hmm. active. It's going to take a long would, time.
2: That would help the multiplier that you mentioned yes. earlier. Yes,
11: <laughs> that's, that's only 5% of our, of mm-hmm. our city. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not much, but that mm-hmm. studies have shown that that would be the most impactful.
2: Right. Yeah, everybody grab a bucket, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> That yes. water going. Yes. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys coming tonight. thank you for your report.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Collins.
8: Excellent report i 'm learning about NERT from you. Are there um, some parts of the city that are uh, better covered than others
11: so that's a that 's a big question because there are depending on the neighborhood some are more active than others mm-hmm. um, and it 's also due to population changing mm-hmm. uh, so it 's a very loaded question. I would love all of the city to be equal, but there are some mm-hmm that have better taking care of themselves than others.
8: And so people tend to uh, work in their own neighborhoods. Is, is that right? Um,
11: the goal is that you respond in your neighborhood, right? But that's not okay. necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. But that's the goal.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
8: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's incredible that a volunteer effort. 10,000 sounds not enough. It also sounds enormous. So. Right. Well done.
1: Thank you, Commissioner Collins. Uh, at this point, Commissioner Feinstein.
4: Sorry. Thank you, President Napolitano. Um, I just really wanted to uh, commend you and people that volunteer. Give up themselves. They give up their time. They give up their their expertise. They give um, whatever it is they have to give and. Um, I, yeah, I, I I hold you in tremendous uh, regard because you volunteer um, and, you know, come out and, and do the training events, part, either teach or participate or whatever it is that you're doing um, makes a huge difference. Um, my question, and I think it was referenced in here, is, how do you deal with language differences? Because I, I I can't remember where it was I read how many different languages are spoken by citizens in San Francisco. But I remember being astounded by the number. Um, and how how do you handle that situation in terms of you're going to Get the volunteers you're able to recruit, and then you are going to have people who would benefit from the service and probably really like to be volunteers, but have, may have a communication barrier. How, how? What's your strategy to try to address that issue?
11: So, in the past, uh, we have bilingual firefighters do the instruction. So we have Spanish speakers, we have Cantonese speakers, we have. Uh, Mandarin speakers, uh, go out into the community and, and conduct the classes. However, that number of people who are bilingual is dwindling. Um, the only thing that we do now is we uh, have everything printed in the different languages. Uh, however, so I do want to address that uh, that communication barrier is an issue and I would love a better way to solve it. Uh, we, technology is probably a way that we are towards leaning towards. Uh, THERE ARE PROGRAMS WHERE WE CAN PROBABLY SPEAK INTO A MIC AND IT WOULD TRANSLATE IT ONTO THE SCREEN. THAT'S that's THE NEXT STEP THAT I'M THINKING ABOUT. Uh, BUT WE DON'T HAVE THE CAPACITY TO DO THAT YET.
4: THANK YOU.
1: THANK YOU, uh, COMMISSIONER FEINSTEIN. Um, I JUST WANT TO MAKE A FEW REMARKS, BUT LIKE uh, THE COLLEAGUES, IN TERMS OF uh, OUR FIRE COMMISSIONERS WHO ARE VOLUNTEERS, um, the subject matter of volunteers is so important and so highly regarded um, in terms of not only volunteering, the amount of time and years that you've done that. Uh, I can't help but drift back to uh, Loma Prieta back when I'm sitting there at Candlestick Park watching the A's play the Giants and the seat that I was sitting on. I, I believe I was standing up and I didn't realize that that was the chair being the movement of the earthquake grabbed my son and ran, ran out of that stadium.
8: Uh,
1: The only way that I could have gotten home is that if the citizens of San Francisco weren't out on the streets, directing traffic. And, And I never forgot that because that kind of public service, and we've talked a lot recently about public service or the generation out there, but it's the public service and the volunteers who are out there in San Francisco. That got me an opportunity to go home, and I saw that same spirit with uh, the concepts in terms of NERT and the development and the build of NERT. Chief OSTERO Brown is back there as well, and the time and the commitment within that. You, Chief Tong, as you pick up that assignment, Uh, I'm curious as the population differentiation that's occurring now, with the economic climate, with the question that Commissioner Feinstein asked about language and. THE BOTTOM LINE IS TRYING TO RECRUIT MORE MEMBERS OF NERD. RIGHT. AND THE GENERATION CHANGES MEANING THAT WHEN NO PERIOD HAPPENED TO NOW THAT GENERATION, MY GENERATION, WE'RE QUITE OLDER AND I'M KIND OF CURIOUS AS TO HOW WE CAN REACH OUT TO THE YOUNGER GENERATIONS THAT MAKE UP SAN Francisco, uh, BECAUSE WE HAD A DISCUSSION THE OTHER DAY WHEN TOM McConnell WAS HERE FROM CITY ABOUT MY QUESTION ABOUT THE YOUNG FOLKS OUT THERE OR THE MEMBERS WHO ARE INTERESTED IN PUBLIC SERVICE WHETHER YOU WANT TO BE A POLICE OFFICER OR a FIREFIGHTER. A medic, and nerd is right there to me as part of that. I can't imagine the next crisis or catastrophe we have if we don't have nerd folks out there, and we we all know that. So in San Francisco, if you know that and you understand that, you always got this little edge going on. That one day again, we don't want it ever to happen, but as a matter of time, what was it, Chief? Or it's going to happen, or the preparation for us to. Deal with it when it comes. So I just wanted to say that. And I want to say how much I appreciate NERT, the advisory, and all that you do, and whatever this commission, this commissioner can do to try to uh, work to recruit Captain Tom. And again, I think um, this past weekend, three weeks, I've been in Japantown doing community festivals, and I was surrounded by young, energetic men and women who want to be part of this department, Chief. And that public service spirit is what motivated me as well. So thank you so much for coming and giving us an update uh, with this presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Madam Secretary. Item 6, Commission President's Report. Okay. Colleagues, I promise you this will not take a lot of time. Uh, Every once in a while, uh, as a prerogative of uh, the President, uh, we add items on the agenda. TONIGHT WAS JUST SIMPLY AN UPDATE. I'M GOING TO HIT THREE SUBJECT MATTERS AS POINT OF INFORMATION. Uh, ONE, AS YOU ALL KNOW, uh, WE HAVE RESPONSIBILITIES IN TERMS OF DOING discipline HEARINGS OR APPEAL HEARINGS. AND GENERALLY, THE PRESIDENT um, HAS THE RESPONSIBILITY TO TRY TO REQUEST A HEARING OFFICER AMONG US, THE COMMISSIONERS. Uh, WE'VE BEEN VERY FORTUNATE OVER THE LAST TWO YEARS BECAUSE COMMISSIONER FEINSTEIN, ACCORDING TO MY NOTES, HAS OVERSEEN probably about 20 different hearings within a year and a half. And uh, we just really appreciate that. But there's some issues of equity and fairness <laughs> besides asking you to maintain yourself within that. And uh, we're very fortunate as the cases come up that uh, Commissioner Frazier now has stepped up to try to do this. I'm just kind of giving the heads up to Commissioner Collins and the vice president that at some point uh, we'll all be doing that RESPONSIBILITY AND uh, AGAIN, FEAR NOT, Uh, THERE'S AN experienced FORMER JUDGE AS WELL AS SOMEONE THAT HAS KNOWLEDGE AND BASE OF IT AND WE HAVE OUR CITY ATTORNEY'S OFFICE THAT'S GOING TO HELP US WITH THAT IN TERMS OF OUR CONDUCT. Um, WE ALSO AS A POINT OF INFORMATION ARE GOING THROUGH A TRANSITION WITH CITY ATTORNEYS. Uh, WE WILL FIND THAT OUT AS WE ADJUST OURSELVES. Uh, FOR EXAMPLE, uh, WE'LL BE CALLING THE MEETING VERY SOON uh, BECAUSE APPARENTLY THERE'S SOME RULE CHANGES IN APPEALS THAT ARE COMING IN FRONT OF US. And we're going to be able, we need to be knowledgeable about that, but we also apparently seem to need to vote that in. So these are all part of the assignment uh, in terms of the prerogative of the chair to try to ask our various commissioners in terms of hearings or appeals. And I just kind of want to give everybody a heads up that that's coming down the road. Item two, uh, as the chief in her report talked about the recognition of our members at the Board of Supervisors the other days, uh, with parades, um, the Gay Parade, Cherry Blossom Festival, Chinatown, St. Patrick's Day, Veterans Day, and also various events. There's quite a bit of events and programs that occur. And uh, I just wanted to kind of remark that uh, it would be great if we could coordinate that somewhat. In terms of our Commission Secretary, she receives information from City Hall or other entities and passes it to us. If there's a requirement, THAT WE HAVE AN OPTION TO ATTEND THE EVENT OR NOT. IT'S SIMPLY um, GIVEN IT TO US AS INFORMATION UPON OUR AVAILABILITY. AND PART OF THAT COORDINATION IS SOMETIMES A MESSAGE comes from THE CHIEF'S OFFICE ABOUT AN EVENT THAT GIVES US AN OPTION TO uh, ATTEND AN EVENT OR A MEETING. AND I JUST WANT TO BE ABLE TO SAY THAT BECAUSE I KNOW YOU'RE ALL VETERAN COMMISSIONERS IN THE SENSE THAT WE GO OUT THERE AND SEE AN INCIDENT AND HAVE SOME DIALOGUE WITH MEMBERS OR PERHAPS WE VISIT A HOUSE BUT the better that we coordinate uh, in terms of it. We all know that if we wanna do a ride along or visit Treasure Island or ride the fire boat, that there's a coordination of that through CD2 office uh, with notification to the secretary and to CD1 that that request is there. Uh, That doesn't say you can't go visit folks. I'm just saying there's a coordination. Um, Just reminded of a story and I'll tell you a short story that when I first came on the commission, I was invited uh, verbally by some members of 798 to attend a meeting uh, at the Scottish Rite auditorium. And so in my zeal to be part of a participant, uh, I showed up at that meeting unannounced, um, sat in the back. I began to realize that back there in in the day, my decor was a little bit different. I was wearing sunglasses. I was wearing the big black hat. And I sat back there and uh, To the credit of one of the members at the meeting he stood up and said who is this guy (laughs) sitting at this meeting and as I identified myself as a commissioner uh that member felt uncomfortable with the commissioner being there so um i removed myself um basically it's a sense of being the new commissioner on the invitation that's verbal and then showing up sometimes you know it doesn't gel in terms of her comfort zone so i'm just giving you Kind of my examples, uh, just like reporting to a scene, and one of the firefighters looks at you and say, uh, "Who are you, anyway?" So that's why the helmets came out as well. So I just wanted to kind of encourage the commissioners to have that sense of communication. Please rely on our commission secretary for that. Item three, uh, and this is the last item, is that uh, we are going to have our normal commission meetings uh, for the next four months. This is a point of information. We're I'm doing this report because we're at the mid-year of of the year, calendar year, Um, July, August, September, October, regular two meetings a month. But in November and December, we only have one meeting. So please calendar that. And just as a point of information, when we get to December, uh, there are three commissioners that are presently sitting that terms are going to expire on January 15th, 2024. Um, AS A HEADS UP OF INFORMATION uh, THAT INCLUDES COMMISSIONER FEINSTEIN, VICE PRESIDENT MORGAN AND MYSELF AND JUST AS A POINT OF INFORMATION COMMISSIONER FRASER YOUR TERM IS GOING TO EXPIRE IN JANUARY 15, 25, AND COMMISSIONER Collins, JANUARY 15, 26. SO DEPENDING UPON HOW THE WIND BLOWS OR THE APPOINTMENTS IN TERMS OF uh, JANUARY IS CONCERNED um, THAT'S JUST AS A POINT OF INFORMATION AS WE MOVE FORWARD TO THE NEW YEAR ALL RIGHT COMMISSIONERS I PROMISE YOU THIS WASN'T GOING TO BE LONG. COMMISSIONER FRASER, do YOU HAVE SOMETHING?
7: If our, IF OUR TERMS EXPIRE, AS THEY WILL, AS THEY ARE, WHAT HAPPENS? WE JUST GET A CARD AND
1: LEAVE OR DO WE GET REAPPOINTED? So WELL, THAT'S UP TO THE PREROGATIVE OF THE MAYOR, okay. wh- WHOEVER HE OR SHE IS. IN 2024, WE SHOULD HAVE A PRETTY GOOD IDEA AS TO the, right. WHO THAT IS. AND THEN I BELIEVE IT'S AN INDIVIDUAL CONSIDERATION AMONG THE COMMISSIONERS. And I'M ONLY SPEAKING FOR MYSELF TO WHETHER YOU WANT TO CONTINUE OR WHETHER YOU WANT TO uh, MOVE FORWARD. THAT'S WHAT I BELIEVE HAS OCCURRED. ALL RIGHT, COMMISSIONERS? ALL RIGHT. Thank you. THANK YOU VERY MUCH. THAT CONCLUDES MY UPDATE. MADAM SECRETARY.
0: AND THERE'S NOBODY FOR PUBLIC COMMENT APPROACHING okay. THE PODIUM OR ON THE
1: PUBLIC COMMENT LINE. OKAY, MADAM SECRETARY. THANK YOU FOR THAT. ITEM 6, PUBLIC COMMENT IS CLOSED. MADAM SECRETARY. ITEM 7, ADJOURNMENT. THANK YOU VERY MUCH, EVERYBODY. THANK YOU. I'D LIKE TO COME AND SAY HELLO TO SOME OF YOU FOLKS. So.